Welcome to TV7 Israel's podcast. We invite you to listen and share our latest content from Israel and the region. Shalom and welcome to Editor's Note. I'm Yair Pinto, and together with me today is our TV7 Editor-in-Chief, Jonathan Hassan. How are you doing, Jonathan? Praise God. Good to be here. No, it's great to be here, and we have a lot of topics to discuss, from what's going on in Iran to the effects to the Middle East, and eventually, of course, to the effects on Israel, and how can you back home pray for the situation, and uh, we believe that really this is what can change and really affect Uh, what's happening here. But before we start, I would like to ask you to join me in prayer that God will lead us in this program and uh, visit our hearts and your hearts. Our Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for the ability to come here in person. Thank you for keeping us health and safety. Thank you for, for this vision that you placed on our heart to share the truth of the events that are going on in the Middle East. We know that all of these events are part of your big puzzle, of your plan, and you want us to be involved. You want us to be involved in prayer. You want us to be involved in action, depending each of us on his role and uh, mission that you gave him. Please speak to our hearts. Speak to the viewers' hearts. Be with us. Be with the team. I'd like to ask you to also bless Jonathan myself and everybody here in TV7, and the viewers back at home. B'Shem Yeshua Mashiach. Amen. Well, Jonathan, I, I gave a bit of a brief of the situation in the Middle East, and I'm sure that our viewers back at home who watch TV7 Israel News daily are also up to date with what's going on. But sadly, 12 minutes a day is not enough to really understand and go deeper into the events. So the news basically give us, uh, you know, a short brief of what's going on and what happened during that day. But it's all a big uh, picture. It's all part of a bigger story. So could you please give us a wider understanding of the Iran nuclear talks now that are going on? Everybody's talking about it. And what are they really affecting in the ground in the Middle East? Absolutely. Well, uh, let me start by, by highlighting that if you take the biggest picture, God <laughs> is in control. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that's the the uh, root cause of what we're doing here also. 12 minutes a day is not enough. One hour a day is not enough. 24 hours a day are not enough to truly comprehend the whole uh, picture. Unless you are in the loop, uh, you do have the access necessary to truly understand the behind-the-scenes mm-hmm. occurrences and developments. Uh, and uh, ultimately... The, the focus currently in the Middle East uh, and uh, the Middle East or the greater Middle East is specifically uh, the nuclear talks mm-hmm. undertaken in Vienna uh, with expectations of a looming deal uh, just, you know, in, in the near future. Um, truly, there's going to be an agreement. I will be very surprised if there is not. Yes. Okay. Nonetheless, um, what you could truly understand from from the circumstances thereof is the Vienna talks 
they're not what matters. The, the consequences of what's going to happen were stated by the chief of the Iranian military. Several days ago, he was uh, quoted by an Iranian uh, newspaper, and he proclaimed uh, the moment the sanctions uh, of the United States, but of the international community, will be lifted, that's the moment Iran will become the greatest exporter of weapons and amongst the biggest worldwide. Wow. But exporting the weapons where? Well, uh, they do have clients. Mm -hmm. So the Iranians have clients from Venezuela to uh, other countries in South America to uh, many countries in the Middle East, Mm -hmm. Uh, many rogue regimes also, uh, or not only regimes, uh, terrorist organizations in Africa. Iran is investing a lot to go into Africa. We just heard over the past three months uh, multiple reports of Ibrahim Raisi, the Iranian president, who also, by the way, the president in Iran is different from what you have in America or elsewhere. He effectively serves as the chief advisor to the supreme leader of the Islamic Republic, meaning Ayatollah Ali Khamenei. And he's a a religious uh, person, right? He's a religious uh, figure. He is the son-in-law of one of the biggest... um, uh, religious figures in Isfahan uh, mm-hmm. province, uh, which grants him also a status of coming from a well-renowned family uh, within the uh, mullah establishment, if you will. Mm-hmm. But uh, specifically about the statements that he made over the course of the past several months is that Iran intends to invest heavily in Africa. In getting into Africa, we hear the spokesperson of uh, the Iranian foreign minister, uh, Saeed Hatibzadeh, speak repeatedly about uh, the situation in Africa, giving it a lot more within his daily or weekly briefings. Mm -hmm. So uh, there is much going on, but ultimately what primarily impacts Israel directly is the Middle East. So we can expect, and if... uh, our MCR can mm-hmm. raise the, uh, the the maps in the background. Uh, we'll be able to see a little bit of, of the picture. But um, first of all, praise God, we, we did discuss the maps yes. uh, in our program. Yeah, I think maybe two weeks ago two we weeks discussed ago, implementing like more maps into the news. And I think yesterday, you guys back at home, you saw more maps and more interactions. So I hope this really made the situation a bit more clearer. Absolutely, and and hopefully our our, uh, viewers are blessed by this Mm -hmm. granting more contact. Kudos to Hila, uh, (laughs) our graphic designer, who has made this from scratch, and it's a blessing to see this. But if you look here at the picture, you see Iran a little bit highlighted, of course, but uh, Israel is here, Iran is here, and Iran is resolved Mm -hmm. to take over the entire region, to become the predominant force dictating day-to-day life. Uh, If you have the Sunnah aspirations to establish a caliphate, especially the Islamic State, for instance, Mm -hmm. which called itself Daesh, Dawlat Islam bil-Iraq wa al-Nisham, which means the land of Islam or the Islamic State in Iraq and the Levant, okay, the, the area of the Levant. Iran has grandiose 
expectations to go beyond that. These are all, these expectations are they part of the um, Shia ideology? So, uh, if you look at Sunnah and Shia, the the main um, disagreement that is between them is who was supposed to receive the message of Allah. Okay, okay who uh, wanted to um, dictate basically the the way everything had to um, happen within context of Islamic perceptions, but ultimately it's a power struggle. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of succession? It's like succession wars of Muhammad? So actually the Shiites, uh, even though they say, okay, Muhammad mm-hmm. received the Quran, uh, which uh, according to them is the message of God, um, the Shiites believe that it was supposed to be to his um, uh, cousin, uh, Ali, Okay, Okay. so there is a disagreement there of who was supposed to receive it. But we can look, you know, the most famous figure in Western society or the international society uh, in the past, other than Suleiman the Great and and other figures. uh, You've watched uh, the movie Kingdom of Heaven. Yes. Salahuddin. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Salahuddin, uh, even though he was not a significant figure, in, in Islam historically, uh, he received a lot more um, PR, if you will, because he was the one who fought with the West. Mm-hmm. Okay, but Salahuddin occurred, who sat in Damascus, uh, which ruled the entire uh, Levant. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the one, the, the fourth caliphate, if I'm not mistaken, uh, who retook the Islamic power from the Shiites to the Sunnas. He was actually elected to become the next uh, caliph, which is the leader of the caliphate, okay, the Islamic ruler, uh, who, like in uh, the Roman Catholic Church, where uh, the Pope is supposed to signify the successor of Paul, going all the way down, Mm -hmm. here they're speaking about the successor of Muhammad. Yes. Okay, so this was basically... Uh, the the game plan um, and today there is a lot of of tensions about this because is it supposed to be a bloodline thing because the Hashemite kingdom okay the king of Jordan uh, uh, the house of Saud the king of Saudi Arabia the king of Morocco all those kings they can trace their lineage back to Muhammad okay, okay so is it so, a blood thing or is it a, a power thing an ideological thing right. so, so there is the, this story is a story of power. Yeah. The the Muslims who ultimately conquered southern Europe, Spain area, Toledo, and, and those regions are the Shiites. They're not the Sunnas. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, there is a lot of confrontation between those two. But going back to the Iranian question, and, and mm-hmm. ultimately what we truly need to understand is that they are in a rivalry with Saudi Arabia a rivalry with Turkey, which is also in a rivalry with With those two, about who is going to control um, the Islamic dictates for the Muslim world. Mm -hmm. Turkey is Sunnah Muslim. Uh, Saudi Arabia is Sunnah Muslim. Saudi Arabia is Sunnah Muslim with guarantees of Egypt, which for years was the the more secular Mm -hmm. leader of the, the Muslim Arab world. And then you have Iran, which sees itself as the predominant power for Shia Islam. 
But what's interesting is that, uh, and this was basically stated also last week by Prime Minister Naftali Bennett here in Israel while visiting the port in Haifa, that while Iran is vying to control and is seemingly on the route of being able to dominate the area, it is not necessarily only wanting to target Israel. Mm -hmm. So Israel is not only in the crosshairs of Iran. We have Saudi Arabia, as I stated, the United Arab Emirates, Bahrain, and many other areas Mm -hmm. in the region that ultimately create a certain power struggle. Yes, and and going back to the Vienna nuclear talks, okay, so let's say they reach an agreement, okay, and the sanctions will be lifted. That means that Iran will get more finance. And, Significantly so. And the way that I see that Iran is, you know, waging its war in the Middle East is through proxies. Okay, so will this finance, finance will affect the proxies? Are they going to get more money, more weapons? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, the last time around in 2015, when when the the nuclear talks uh, culminated in the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action and later was ratified by UN Security Council Resolution 2231, we saw that uh, the first trip uh, the the foreign minister of Iran back then made mm-hmm. was to Lebanon, to Syria, wow. to Yemen, to. And in Yemen, he met with the Houthis, not with the government, okay? I see. Uh, He went from country to country um, to establish Iranian, uh, an Iranian axis. Mm -hmm. And he proclaimed before his trip, and this was a proclamation that was somewhat downgraded in recent months uh, for various reasons. But he said, whoever is willing to join the Iranian axis for resistance, mm-hmm. resistance of whom? Yes. Of the United States and its allies is going to benefit greatly. Okay. This is now stated time and again by Amir Hassan Amir Abdullahian, the mm-hmm. foreign minister of Iran, who is once again looking to do so. Okay, uh, we see the commander of the RGC's Quds Force going to Iraq, meeting with al-Sadr, the the, uh, victor of uh, Iraq, uh, and telling him, look, you're Shiites, we're Shiites, we need to work together. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, al-Sadr is more of a nationalist than a Shiite. So he wants to keep, you know, Iraq its own country. The animosity between Iraq and Iran from the the big clash of of the 80s, the war Mm -hmm. between Iraq to Iran, uh, still exists. The Shiite organizations in Iraq, they're, they're known to be unloyal sects within the, the greater um, Iraq region, which are Arabs. So mm-hmm. there is also the Persians versus Arabs uh, confrontation, which is also very interesting because it's not all religion. Yes. It's also nationalities. It al- is also backgrounds it's also tribal affiliations as we explained to yeah America. i know that like uh, turkey so turks call themselves turkmen and not uh, arabs and uh, like iranians call themselves uh, persians and not arabs as well so there's also this this type of of difference not just the shia shia sunnah you know rivalry absolutely 
And, um, and another very interesting thing uh, on the news on, uh, on Wednesday, so we, sh- we saw that Iran developed a new missile, and it also had a very, a very interesting name, Khibar, Khibar Shikan, right? Something like that. If you could maybe elaborate yeah, on that name and on the implications of this new missile. So the missile itself um, can reach Israel. Okay, okay, so that's so a big... That's one thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can also reach Israel. Uh, it's 1,450 kilometers, according to what uh, they claim. Mm-hmm. But Khaybar uh, Shikan in Persian, as I stated also on the news, is Khaybar Breaker. Okay. Now, we need to understand that every name whether it's an operation, whether it's uh, an exercise, whether it's a a new weapon, it has a meaning. Also here in Israel, okay? Also in in Iran, those names have significance. Now, we titled the news uh, back then uh, that Iran develops a a missile in order to threaten Israel or or something of that sort. Why? Because Khaybar is actually an oasis, not far from Medina in Saudi Arabia of today. And in 638, the wa- uh, excuse me, 628 AD, mm-hmm. there was the Battle of Khaybar, led by uh, Muhammad, the, the founder of uh, Islam. And those armies, with Muhammad's guidance, attacked uh, the Jewish population that lived in Khaybar. They were well fortified, the Jewish tribes over mm-hmm. there. Uh, and they sought to defend themselves from a new religion that seeks to to suddenly dominate the region. Now, during that time, there were many religions, mm-hmm. okay, that sought to dominate the region. Uh, the Arabian Peninsula was predominantly pagan, but ironically, um, back then at least, it was even more so Christian. Okay, the first wife of Muhammad, Fatma, was a daughter of a very well-established and wealthy Christian mm-hmm. um, trader. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know, that this is for trivia, but the first time Muhammad got married was in a church. Really? Okay. So it's, uh, it's funny to think that. Um, funny or, you know, ironic, but... Uh, ultimately, when, when we look at history, this was a new idea, a mixture of different religions brought into one. But ultimately, Khaybar, uh, specifically, there was a chain of events. Uh, Muhammad sought to assert mm-hmm. the, the new religion upon the different uh, communities. The Jews rejected him outright because mm-hmm. they serve the God of Israel and not uh, a, a new Yes. interpretation for the God of Israel. Mm-hmm. And so he attacked them. And even though they were well barricaded, uh, uh, Muhammad's armies defeated the Jewish um, resistance, which had then to flee from Khaybar westward and uh, found itself in different areas. Others fled southwards and eastward. So there are different uh, yeah, aspects. So, and this, I guess, is a, is a known story in uh, in Iran. So that's why they named in Islamic this. history. Ah, okay. So it's a big okay. a big event. It is. This is always interesting to me that everything goes back to the spiritual war. 
So absolutely, yeah. I would just like to really tell our viewers back at home how important it is for you guys and for us as a family of of believers to take a stand, to take a stand in prayer, and to take a stand and pray for our leaders, for the people involved in the region, because Amen. this is not just politics. This is not just uh, countries fighting like we think in the Western world for resources. This is more than that. It's uh, ideological, spiritual warfare. Amen. Absolutely. Yeah. And moreover, significance of words. You have the Islamic Revolutionary Guards, mm -hmm. which is separate from the military in Iran. You have five different... Um, establishments, military establishments, to separate, basically, that if one suddenly tries to establish a revolution, yeah. they learned how to defeat those uh, who seek to imitate them because they did exactly the same from a certain aspect. Mm -hmm. But um, the expeditionary force, the one who seeks to export the revolution of the Islamic Republic to other states in the region and ultimately conquer the region... What's its name? Quds. The Al-Quds Brigade. Mm -hmm. Okay. The Al-Quds um, uh, unit, expeditionary force, is the most elite expeditionary force of the RGC. What is Quds? That's a name for Jerusalem. Al-Quds means the holy city. Okay. Mm -hmm. In Islam, the most western city where uh, they believe, uh, according to the Quran, that Muhammad was taken from the most western they called it a mosque, but uh, in, in historic references, they are thinking that he came to the temple. And from the temple, uh, an angel took him mm -hmm. to receive the Quran, basically, or to receive a message from, from God. So they refer to the Western city as the holy city, Al-Quds, Al uh, uh, which ultimately means Jerusalem. So mm -hmm. when the Iranians call their expeditionary force, uh, the Al-Quds uh, or uh, the, uh, you know, the Al-Quds brigades, ultimately yeah. their intentions are we are coming to conquer Jerusalem, to reclaim Jerusalem because that is ours. Even more ironic is that for the Shiites, Jerusalem means nothing. Really? Yes. It, it's actually, uh, it received its place from the Sunnah Muslims. Nevertheless, in order to unite the Arabs behind them and to bring about a certain um, point of significance to their cause, they started uh, bringing all kinds of terror groups, whether it's the Palestinian Islamic Jihad, mm. Hamas, Hezbollah, the various organizations who seek to um, conquer Jerusalem Okay, that is their main goal to reclaim the lost lands of yes. Islam, how they view it, is ultimately a derivative of, of the whole, you know, uh, understanding that tribes, alliances yes. are forged by common interests. So basically, common enemies create alliances. In the well, business. as we spoke about this, mm -hmm. there are alliances of tribes, of mm -hmm. common interests, of fiscal interests, okay? Uh, Iran significantly pays Hezbollah. It pays uh, the uh, Amal, uh, which is another Shiite uh, organization whose uh, leader, 
Uh, Nabil Berry is the Speaker of Parliament in Beirut. So they are able to use those affiliations, alliances, uh, especially the Shiites, in order to establish uh, a certain coherence of a goal. Now, those in Arab cultures have more affiliation to Jerusalem. So the causes, you know, with Hamas, Islamic Jihad, and so on, need to be aligned somehow. So Jerusalem has become a cause. Yeah, but but in the in the long run, let's say okay, after they succeed and get Jerusalem, they're not the same. They don't have the same ideology because one is Sunni and one is Shia. Yeah, but so it's just a cause for now. Okay, let's focus on on Israel for now, and then we think of the big picture. Absolutely, you know, even um, if we take it to Afghanistan, okay, mm-hmm. you have the Taliban, who are very good friends of Al Qaeda. Okay, they have clear affiliations. The intelligence community is uh, very clear about this. Uh, but they're outright against uh, the Islamic State or what people call uh, ISIS-K, Wilayat Khuraya in Arabic, the, the province of Khuraya, who used to be Al-Qaeda and Taliban. Okay. Okay. Um, it's a power struggle between organizations. Wilayat Khuraya or the Islamic State seeks to dominate the region first and then conquer the world. Mm-hmm. Al-Qaeda seeks to weaken the world and then conquer it by doing so. Okay. The uh, Muslim Brotherhood seek, seeks to uh, defeat the world by political means and by assimilating within societies uh within a certain pers- perspective at least, but then they, they actually do so uh, in a fraudulent manner because they seek to advance uh, the Islamic rule worldwide or Islamic dominance. So there are different you know, strategies, there are different tactics, but ultimately this, the goal is the same goal. Yes. The question though is, who is going to lead it? And if you, know, you put... 10 Christians in one room or 10 Muslims in one room or uh, 10 Jews in one room, you'll have plenty of ideologies ideologies. and philosophies and and things. Uh, So they're looking for ways to find the common interest Mm -hmm. uh, within that context. Uh, For next week Mm -hmm. on Sunday, um, which we will also discuss this more deeply on the strategic focus Mm -hmm. of where Iran is seeking to establish that crescent, Okay. Uh, and then based on that, we'll be able to basically more comprehend um, what their intentions are strategically and tactically mm-hmm. uh, and how they're working to do so. Great. Okay. So thank you, Jonathan, for being with us, of course, for explaining all this uh, situation in the Middle East. My pleasure. And thank you, our viewers back at home. And we encourage you to pray, get involved with what's going on in the Middle, in the Middle East. You can watch TV7 Israel News and all of our productions. Most importantly, pray and ask the Lord, seek His will. See you next time. Thank you for joining us in another TV7 Israel podcast. For more content, visit our website at tv7israelnews.com or follow us on social media.